governments and non-governmental entities are making ambitious pledges to reduce carbon emissions and move toward a global net zero level by 2050 to fight climate change. Whether these goals can be achieved will depend on implementation work that verifies pledges are legitimate and not simply empty promises known as greenwashing. In this podcast, Catherine McKenna, Canada's former Minister of Environment and Climate Change and chair of the high-level expert group on the net zero emissions commitments of non-state entities, explains what policymakers can do to prevent greenwashing and accelerate carbon emissions reduction in Asia and the Pacific. Hi, Catherine. Thank you for joining Asia's Developing Future. To start things off, can you give us an overview of the global blueprint to reach carbon net zero emissions by 2050 to tackle climate change? We know that the whole world needs to meet global net zero, and we need to start doing the work right now and be in a 1.5 degree pathway. The problem was saying net zero by 2050. We can't just wait till 2050. We need to do the work right now, and in particular, we need to peak emissions by 2025, which is obviously very ambitious where we are, and reduce them by half by 2030. I think you got to set a long-term ambitious goal, but then you got to do the work every day. We're not in a place where the net zero space is going to be regulated in an amazing way immediately, and that's the way climate policy evolves. It's not going to be perfect. There's been good ambition in the sense of the highest level, like oh, let's all be net zero by 2050, and no one wants to be left out, right? Like whether or not you're doing the work, you feel the pressure to be part of this club, which in a way is good. 90% of global GDP is covered by net zero commitments at the country level or at the non-state level, but the challenge. You got to do the work. There is an argument that we need to develop a lot more in the short term because we're dealing with an energy crisis at the moment, and we need financing to flow to facilitate the green transition within the sector. We need to understand risk. The reality is, actually, we have a huge opportunity with distributed energy to leapfrog, so leapfrog where we're at right now. We cannot just say there's going to be shortcuts, and we're just going to massively increase emissions in the short term. There may be a little bit of that, but the reality is that just makes the job a lot harder in the longer term. It also it creates a very big risk of stranded assets, and that's already going to happen. So I think we need to all really be focused about how we work together. How can governments accelerate the net zero transition? Well, first of all, at the highest level, governments are on the front lines of tackling climate change. We know that they need to have a plan. They need to articulate a clear vision of their pathway to 2050, including the measures that they are going to take right now, and that includes a near-term deployment of clean energy infrastructure in line with their NDCs, their nationally developed contributions. Then、uh, they need to regulate net zero commitments because the reality is、uh, there's a free rider concern. You don't want some financial institutions. Some companies、uh, to be doing the hard work while others are not committed to net zero at all because it's not really going to work if you have some that are you know working really hard and others that are just buying up polluting assets and not cleaning them up. Can you unpack the free riding and greenwashing issue a bit more? You have seen some financial institutions deciding that they're going to decarbonize assets. They may buy assets that are dirty, and they're going to clean them up. I mean, look, we can't just have financial institutions just divesting assets. There isn't an attempt to clean them up. That's not going to actually help the planet. I mean, I think we're seeing a little bit of this now, right? Like when people call out egregious examples of greenwashing, it doesn't instill confidence. So, I mean, I think the free riding thing is real. You should actually want to do this because. 
there's the risk of not future-proofing your business and actually thinking about the risk of stranded assets or the risk of regulation coming in and you're not prepared for. And we've talked to companies that are actually really focused on being net zero and they're innovating. So they're actually finding other opportunities to create new business products, new services. And so there's actually, there's a huge economic opportunity. What are the economic opportunities for the first movers? This is the largest economic opportunity of our lifetime. If you think about the money needed, $1 trillion uh, is needed per year by 2030 so that we can make the transition. And if you bring in the sustainable development goals, we're talking about $3 trillion. So there is a huge opportunity for first movers. But of course, there's a lot of work to be done. Emissions need to go down very quickly starting now. Money needs to go from dirty to clean starting now at scale. And we need to be thinking about a just transition for all. So how do we make sure that everyone is benefiting? I see. One, there are economic opportunities we've talked about. Two, there's opportunities to have cleaner air and cleaner water and think more diligently about equity and justice. But three, we all need to tackle climate change because we're paying the price right now. We all know this. The costs are astronomical. When you look at every country in Asia, I mean, they've all seen droughts. They've seen floods. They've seen extreme weather and storms. And the costs are only going to increase. So we need to be doing the work. We can do the work. I am very confident. But to do that, we all need to be going in the same direction and we need to be supporting each other. Talking about doing the actual work, what are the things that the private sector should be doing? Show the work, do the work, have a plan. So what's the plan? Well, first of all, let's start at the beginning. You need to have a target based on the science, and then you have to have interim targets. How are you getting there? What do you need to do and what can you not do? Because I think the greenwashing part is kind of the what do you not do? Sometimes we have to be way more direct in the climate world. So one, you can't be investing in new fossil fuel infrastructure. So if you are putting up your hand and saying, I'm a climate leader, you cannot at the same time then be investing in new fossil fuel infrastructure. Two, you cannot lobby against climate policy, in particular policy that you often need so that you can make your own commitments. I've seen a lot of that. I was minister. People would say, nice things to minister of environment and climate change and go to the minister of finance and say, don't do that. We need policies like carbon pricing. I mean, a whole range of policies. You also uh, can't just buy cheap credits and offset your way to net zero. There's no offsetting your way to net zero because we're not going to get net zero if you're just offsetting. And so there's some very clear things you cannot do. How can governments scale up the net zero transition? I think what we need to be doing is really focusing on the large, you know, multinationals, the large corporates, Fortune 500 companies, like the folks that really where we see the large emissions and who have the capacity for sure to do this. And then we want to broaden it to everyone. So I think that's what we need to see. There needs to be investment. ADB, others have huge roles to play to support capacity building, which is critically important, including at the government level. But also in particular, we, we saw there was an emphasis for small and medium size enterprises where this is actually quite new. They're just trying to get through the day, sell their products, sell their services. And so layering this on is tricky for them, but in a way, it's a way of being more efficient. That's part of you know tackling when you're looking at reducing emissions is how do you be more efficient and uh, how do you look at opportunities to innovate and of course, for everyone to do their part. So I think there's a lot of role for a lot of different people, including on the accountability and transparency side. How can regulators make sure all players disclose are transparent and held accountable? 
In the end, once again, it's just discipline. Let's make it as boring as possible. Like be very clear on what's required and then make sure that people have to actually do the work that's required. And then they need to disclose transparently and be held accountable. And ultimately there needs to be regulation starting with the large emitters. We need to make this as boring as possible and just something that the business community is very familiar with that, you know, you're required to do certain things. You need to account for them. And then there are consequences if you don't actually meet what you're required to do. We do need folks to stand up and say, we're going to lead. And that those are people that people will look up to and recognize, okay, this is the way the world really needs to go. But there's always going to be free riding. There's always going to be folks who, let's put in the worst case, are actually pretending to be net zero, but are actually doing things that they know are the opposite. That is why there needs to be, at the end of the day, much more transparency and accountability. So when they get called out, that will hopefully have an impact. It'll also distinguish between the folks that are really doing the work and those that aren't so that consumers, investors, uh, the public can make properly informed choices. But as I say, at the end of the day in life, we're going to have to regulate because you have to be rigorous. It's very clear what is allowed, what isn't allowed, what the penalties are and consequences. And that's ultimately how you deal with a free rider situation. So how do you see the net zero transition moving forward? You know, you're seeing some progress, just not fast enough. We need to reduce emissions by half by 2030. We have no time. That is going to require a lot of diligence. That's going to require a lot of ambition. It's going to require scale. And we need to be very, very focused. And we all need to be moving in the same direction. We don't have time for fights. It's not going to be perfect, but everyone needs to be marching in the direction of reducing emissions and scaling investment and clean. Net zero isn't just some concept that's out there. Like you can measure it. Your emissions going down. You got a baseline emissions going down. Investment to clean is going up. You're doing it on a 1.5 degree aligned pathway. We can measure all that. It's all measurable. And that makes it harder because you got to do the work. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute. For more information about us, visit adbi.org.